Hey guys, welcome to the Family Ministry Podcast. I'm Brana Burns. I am the Family Events and Spiritual Formations Director here at Calvary. Um, today I am joined by Jonathan Freeman, our kids pastor. Hey everybody, thanks for jumping in. Yeah, we are super excited today. We um, sat down with John and Jessica Lovett and had a great conversation about family discipleship and um, their story with adoption. Um, so we're really excited for you guys to hear that. Jonathan, what was kind of your takeaway from our conversation with them? Their process was pretty incredible on adoption, how fast God can move in a moment. Also, um, I think a big thing a lot of families should take away is when someone knows where you are in your Christian walk and where God's leading you, they can speak into that pretty quickly. So having conversations about where God may be leading uh, can give a great example to where you should be going as a family. Yeah, and I think, too, just hearing them um kind of knowing them but not knowing them super well, I was reminded of how important it is to really take time um, to know people um, and learning about their story. And so I'm just really excited to share this with you guys. Um, so listen in as we talk to the Lovitz. And Pastor Tim, your son did a great job. He did. It was great. <laughs> Introduce yourselves. Tell us a little about your family and how long you've been at Calvary. All the all the good stuff. Awesome. Go for it, Jess. <laughs> I'm Jessica. This is John. Doctor John. Love it. Love it. <laughs> and um, we've been at Calvary since '09. We've got three boys: Mason, Hi. who's six, about to be seven; Cooper's four, and William will be one. In just a couple weeks. Yep. Zero, as the boys <laughs> say. He's zero. I love that. Yep. <laughs> and, yeah. That's awesome. You're outnumbered. We're outnumbered. I, but You're also, really outnumbered. Also, I'm the queen. There so you go. That's a great way to look at it. Exactly. Like, full title in our house. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mason's uh, speech teacher sent me a text the other day, and they were working on the Q-U sound, the qua. And he had to use it in a sentence and said, my mother is a queen. And I responded to her and I said, you know, I train them and tell them whoever tells me that I'm the queen is my favorite child. So (laughs) right now Mason's in the lead. I love it. He's done it outside of the house. Exactly. bonus points for that. That is so great. I Mm -hmm. love it so much. Um, So that's a little funny story. Any other funny stories y'all have to share about? your kids and all that good stuff. Oh gosh. Cause it's just about family discipleship. So I think part of that can be the funny moment. So we'll, we'll start off with that. Okay. Well, like this week, Mason took a Sharpie marker, um, and drew all over the wall. Oh. He told me he drew a happy face, a sad face. And then there was a mad face. And I said, oh. why did you do that? And he said, I'm trying to help him deal with his emotions. And I was like, <laughs> Can I be mad at that? I don't think I can. You have like you either know? an artist or a psychologist. Right. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whichever one. Yeah. That is funny. Yeah. So but it's drawn with a purpose. We pick our battles with them for sure. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're really into football. They nice. like... Floor is lava. The floor oh. is lava. They like to dress up like all the mascots and play. Okay. Yes. I feel like there's really never a dull moment. No, there isn't. It's in your really house. not. Yeah. yeah. And I'm right in there with them. I think, you know, Jessica is discipling all of us, <laughs> really. And um, is I a am. mother to all. So <laughs> I'm just that. really grateful for her because I'm usually in the mix with the kids. That feels right. Up. No, I like we, that. I mean, they seriously, they're so funny. And when we're put on the spot like this, it is hard to think of like an exact moment. But like, that's why, you know, I try to put those moments on our social media, but also put like real moments that like, right. It's not all sunshine right. daisies. No, like, it's not. And I, the, that. I think you that's, know? but we, we also try, I think, I guess that blends into never having a clean house. Mm. Something's always messy yeah. and prioritizing those moments over, you know, when we have an eight hour day and we come home, you could easily spend the rest of the evening yeah. washing clothes, doing dishes, wiping things up. You need everybody to sit where right. they are, or you could just like jump right in, make a moment. Like tonight, Friday night, they know it's family fun night. Okay. So we do something and I think they want to carve pumpkins tonight love that so be prepared for that (laughs) so like um you know we always try to find something that they want to do no phones of course Mm -hmm. like no screens and then sometimes Saturdays of course we try the no screen Saturday or no screen Sunday that doesn't last very long but (laughs) we try you know just to get them away from that and um and they're even good about telling us like no screens that's what's really bad I was just saying you know when put the your kids phone start down. telling you. Put yes. your phone down. We're going to play football. You said we were going to play football. Whoa. Right. I like, love they that. They kind of check you on it. They will you check you. Absolutely, they will. So. Yeah, we try to be super conscious about that. So, again, we're talking about family discipleship. Um, I think so often one of the ways you see that played out in the home is just through, like, habits that family set up. So for you guys, what are – some of those other habits so you talked about like family fun night and things like that mm-hmm. um do y'all have any other kind of routines or habits that y'all have established mm-hmm. to like lead them spiritually highs and lows yeah we do highs and lows so that's a meal time staple if you you know most kids if you sit down with them they're like we haven't said the blessing yet or whatever like your good christian kid is usually calling <laughs> you out on the blessing right. ours will call you out on blessing but then it's highs and lows like if you make it to scoop in your mashed potatoes and you haven't done highs and lows yet or at least started them it's a problem and you start with your low and you list what the lowest point in your day was um and then the family just kind of talks about it like why did that make you feel that way Mm -hmm. and then you list your highest point and you know sort of the the win of the day or what really made you happy and um it's a moment for them to get comfortable talking to us about real things because we tell them some real stuff yeah you know maybe it's vague you know I won't say that there was a conflict at work but I'll say you know somebody that daddy works with made him sad today or mm-hmm. something and it mm-hmm. and it just helps them to process like oh he has tough spots too and um I don't know it's just a way in there because at the ages of six four and zero <laughs> um it's really hard to teach them in a really detailed bible story yeah. or anything like that so we're just trying to live out what it looks like to live in this world to process positive and negative emotions but then we also tend to cover it in 
some form of spirituality, whether that's like, well, let's pray about that if it's something tough that you went through or, um, you know, how we interact with one another. We're trying to sort of live it out, sort of the Calvary tagline, live it out, because that's really the way that they're going to see it and learn it at this point. You mm-hmm. know, if, if when we encounter these things is our first um, consideration to pray about it. Do they see us stopping and doing that? Do they see us treating others with respect? Um, and so, yeah, I think that's a short answer is highs and lows, but it sort of devolves into how yeah. we live it out as a routine. Cause there's really, there's not like, we don't memorize the love at family Bible verse, you know, being a preacher's kid. I yeah. think a lot of people get it twisted that that's how I was raised. And it's not, I was very much raised by the live it out mentality as well. My yeah. parents, you know, weren't really strict about it they simply showed me that way and it's honestly what i attribute to being a christian today Mm -hmm. is i know how stubborn i am and i am fairly certain i would have run if i had to be at the church every time the doors were open if i had to memorize you know a bible verse and you know have have these certain expectations because there's already such a high bar there so i'm trying to make sure that they come to know jesus through me in a way that's authentic and real and actually something that they would like to model or emulate when yeah. they grow up. Because mm-hmm. that's what I felt. I was like, this is, you know, how I experienced Jesus for the first time. And so hopefully with that earthly father, heavenly father mirroring that you tend to do as an adult, mm-hmm. psychologically, yeah. you tend to compare them. I'm hoping to be as close to what I think Christ would have been like as possible so that that's an easy transition for them. Right. It's not like, well, I think Jesus yells at you when he's upset, you know, because that's how my dad did. Hopefully I'll have mirror that patience, um, attentiveness, love, forgiveness. You know, I even think about um, the boys will ask when we get them in trouble, am I bad? Mm. Or am I a bad boy or something? Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, you're not bad. You did something that we were disappointed in, you know, but there's nothing that would ever make me not love you or or be that upset about you. Um, So, yeah, Mm -hmm. highs and lows and then sort of mirroring that behavior. And I think that's what I appreciate in that is that I think a lot of times parents feel a pressure to protect their kids from like the bad emotions, the quote unquote bad emotions or like the hard things. And um, I think, I don't know, I just really like for me not having children Mm -hmm. to hear like someone who is saying like these are okay like it's okay to experience these like are they fun no but it's like real life and letting that be a part of how you disciple so that's I love that it's Mm -hmm. really cool gosh we're just big family people yeah so being around family is just a huge part of our lives whether that's just our immediate family or extended family we just try to keep a lot of our family traditions alive yeah obviously the the things that you may think of, um, like the Christmas and the Thanksgiving, but then like we do family golf tournaments and then they grew up doing family talent shows. So like, you know, stuff like that, that, um, that we want to continue because I just think it's important for them to see that. And, and, and I think the family unit too, again, how I was raised is that's the unit of change in Christianity or in this world. And I think that you can prioritize church over family sometimes. Again, getting too busy with 
external things, you can over, uh, I, personal belief here, disclaimer, this is not the <laughs> opinion of Calvary Tuscaloosa, um, you know, you can over church, you can over program, you can end up running around and spending less time with your family in an effort to over serve or to check enough boxes, that's sort of that Christian guilt piece. Mm-hmm. And so we try to make sure that we're involved like right now we're in a sign language class and it's on zoom and it's amazing and we get to connect with a piece of calvary we get to learn we engage um but we also don't see a lot of friends that were in a previous men's group that i was in because you know now that i'm doing this i'm not going to do that so that i'm not gone multiple nights a week you know i'm going to have nights with family and then nights for church and then different things and so i think just making sure that family is a priority for us and that is shown um, so that again, I'm supposed to be the spiritual leader of my home and not abdicate that role to a Jonathan or to, you know, the hmm. lead pastor, really you know, that's supposed to be me helping to feed my family and to nurture my family, not just letting that be somebody else outside. Yeah. Well, Jessica, I think we heard John's life growing up. What yeah. was it like for you growing up with a, with a Christian family? I grew up Catholic, so that was not the same. Um, I mean, we, my dad uh, was definitely the spiritual leader in my home. We checked all the boxes, but I did not have, I had the, just a very Santa Claus relationship. Mm -hmm. um, And I didn't really find Jesus until I came to Calvary when I was in college. Yeah. So, and it was interesting to see because I think again, if you, you know, she she knew of him, she it's like they, I believed, yeah, but like I had, had never just never been formally introduced. It would be like I feel like following a celebrity your whole life online, and you know all about him, you know all the stats, yes. you Love know that all the comparison. things. But yes. then one day, like they follow the me celebrity back. Celebrity is yeah. actually physically <laughs> somehow in your living room, and you get to have an encounter with him, like. I feel like I really know. Like, so yeah. it, it didn't take as long no. for that relationship to catch up. Right. It was like, it was immediately on. Once you got that connection. But once I got it, I mean, it, I mean, it, I felt like I kind of experienced things that a lot of Christians don't get in there, may not know. I don't want to say tap into, but like, <laughs> like a magical, but like. I mean, I was getting visions and dreams, and I just sometimes I feel like I know a lot of people who have never experienced that. And so for me, I was like, whoa, you know, and and those dreams centered around our son, Cooper, who is adopted for those that are not aware of our story. But that was a huge turning point in my life, for sure, just experiencing that and then going through the adoption process and then seeing God's hand all over the entire experience, um, I mean, it changed my life. Wow. So, yeah, growing up, like, I mean, you know, like I said, I, I mean, it was just very check the boxes. And then once I got a little bit older and could understand, I mean, it's totally different. And then since then, my family has actually transitioned to a Baptist church. I think hearing, so that's a very interesting piece for me, having grown up with a personal relationship with God Mm. since I was nine years old. Um, 
I really hadn't tapped into the hearing from God piece until Jessica actually began hearing from God directly, and it was confirmed through me. Um, again, not necessarily audibly, but I could feel that. And so through those moments of marriage when it's a big decision of, you know, I feel like Jessica coming to me saying, I feel like we're called to adopt an African-American child. And, you know, it's very specific and very specific calling, pulling on her heart. She didn't tell me for months, just terrified. I mean, knew she, I think she knew I was going to say no. Um, it was, was the kind of sense yeah, of because, hesitation. You know, we didn't have any money. We still don't. But, like, <laughs> adoption is very, very expensive. Unfortunately. And we had just had Mason. He was, you know, maybe a year and a half. And we had said, oh, you know, okay, maybe when we're done having kids, then we'll adopt. You know, that was right. kind of the plan or, mm -hmm. you know, the conversation. So the fact that I was getting this now, and I was kind of like, our plans are going to be messed up. And John is such a planner. <laughs> and so I knew it was going to be a point of contention. contention? Mm -hmm. Is that the right word? Um, <laughs> in our relationship. And that just was not what happened I mean yeah. I went it finally got to the point where it was so strong that I came to him one day and I said look this is what I'm experiencing this is what's happening to me um, I keep getting this vision of this little black boy and I just feel like God is telling us to adopt and we need to do it now and he just looked at me and he said hold on let me film this and he whips out his camera of course <laughs> And That's films not the response it. You I know it. That's why I was like, "What?" <laughs> Let me get this on camera. Yeah, and so I'm sitting there in the in our living room, and I'm crying, and because it was just so overwhelming. And I said, "I feel like we need to adopt, and God is telling us that we need to do this now." And He just looked at me and said, "Okay." Yep. And I immediately felt. I mean, I can't tell you the feeling, but I immediately felt it in my body, in my spirit, like the spirit within me recognized the spirit within her and was like immediately like yes and I just it was without hesitation I wasn't like okay babe let's think about this let's pray about it which normally would have been my response which normally would have been the planner kick in let's think of let's count the costs let's like figure out what this is going to be like it was without hesitation and uh and then from there you know the, our process was just it went fast. It was very seamless. And a lot of people that try to adopt, that's just not the same. They don't have the same experience. And um, That's why it's hard for us to give advice, too, because they look at us and see that we went from the start of the process to the end of the process, somewhere within a six-month range yeah. where mm -hmm. it can take up to Years. a year just to get the paperwork right. done. Um it was just so clearly of God that every barrier was removed. I mean, faster than it even should have been placed with a child. Like I said, we didn't have any know. money. We put out, we made a video and put the video out. I mean, we rented, we hadn't, we rented equipment from <laughs> the university of Alabama and, um, would film all these videos and John spliced them together and edited this video and put out this GoFundMe and that just went viral and we had half the money raised within 24, 48 hours, something like that. Wow. Went crazy and then the rest of the money came in two months. We just... But then the, the total amount, so the total dollar amount, we, we only used that money um, from a separate account. We paid every single bill from it and we had... 
I'm going to say $78 is what I remember being in the account when I paid the final attorney bill. Wow. And so the amount, the, the exact amount was raised. And yeah. So the Lord was, provided. Was right there. The so, Lord so again, provided. There's no, it doesn't, it just seems like nothing was of, you know, happenstance in that whole process. Yeah. And I think that sort of leads into a lot of stuff that we've come to know is if God blesses it and puts it on your heart, he is going to make a way. And there's now, as we continue to grow and get better at this, it's sometimes it's questioning, sometimes it's not, but there's a confidence that comes with that when he's sending us in a career direction or a family direction or any other direction, you just know there's going to be a way made even when you can't see it. And we're now becoming educated enough where we've gone through situations Mm. like this where we were so faithless, I would say, still in the moment. Even though we knew we had the call from God and this is right, we still second-guessed every right. step of the way. Every and single, be like, yes. All right, God, when you're ready to shut this door, just close it. And he's like, no, 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 like, just hang tight. Next step, next step, next step. And we continue to see that unfold in our life. Just now we have a little less anxiety around it mm-hmm. because we can sort of trust have that, that away. Remember mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I think for a lot of people, like, I think it's easy to say that, like, if the Lord wills it, like, it will happen. Um, but it's harder to kind of, like, step into that. Mm-hmm. So for you guys, how – where does that assurance come from? Like, how do you know, like, okay, this is God's will for our lives or this is the right next step for us? Gosh, I just – it's so hard to see it in the moment. I think you just have to take it day by day. And, um, but it's also like a huddle principle of – in, in marriage, being a unit, you know, you can run it by the other person and get a pretty good read on it if that also resounds in their spirit. Yeah. True. As, you know, I feel like God's leading us here. It will very quickly be shown, yeah, I, I feel that too, or I think, I think that's the case, or it's not. So, again, it's that running it by another Christian that you trust is in mm-hmm. step with their walk and mm-hmm. isn't off the path. I think it's a great way and whoever's listening it doesn't have to be a marriage it could be a, a, a friend that you trust that you know their relationship is right with God or you know somebody at the church bounce it off somebody else especially if it's a big decision and that will become clear have somebody else pray through it with you and mm-hmm. we'll do that with each other with big decisions and it's just cool that we have that baked in because of a marriage we've got that person yeah. um, that's right there so that's been the experience for us mm-hmm. is actually will hear or feel things and actually just bouncing off one another. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of want to talk a little bit more about your adoption process. And mm-hmm. we've talked a good bit about it, but um, what are some other ways that you feel like you guys saw the Lord move throughout that experience? Yeah. Um, so I am very much a rule follower. And during this process, you are a particular agency – um, oh, let me tell you this first. Let me back up a minute. I found this agency out in California that I was really attracted to. They had the online profiles. I mean, so much information on their website. Mm-hmm. And just, it just was just, I have a marketing background. And so like, Marketing-wise, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a sucker for this. Like, it was on point. And um, I kept showing John. I was like, I think, oh, look at this awesome agency. And we ended up talking to a social worker who I was referred to by Coriel. And um, 
And Tyler said, you know, you, you mentioned that you're being called to adopt an, an African-American boy. So there's this agency that is in Helena called A Angel Adoptions. And we work with them quite a bit. They're very small. At the time, I think they were mainly maybe doing like 12 adoptions a year or something, which is not a lot um, compared to probably like a lifeline in Birmingham or something. But anyways, he was like, I think you should check them out. And I just said, John, just will you just call and see what you think? And he calls. And I remember him calling me back and just being like, that just felt so good. And I looked up the website, and it looked like a MySpace page. Like, I'm pretty sure there was, like, a glitter cat or something on the bottom. And I'm just like, what? (laughs) You know, okay, but I'm going to trust him. Like, if he said it felt good, all right, let's just let's go through that process. And so we we decided to – the great thing about this agency was that she really gets to know the birth moms – And because they're on such a small scale, they are a little bit older fashioned. So instead of doing the online profiles, which a lot of agencies do nowadays, she does the profile books. And so you make a physical book um, that the birth mom can look in and choose the family. And she says, I really get to know them. And then I just give her two options. And if she needs more, then that's fine. But um, she just finds that it's less overwhelming for the birth mom when they're going through that process and yeah because if you're a birth mom and everything is you know just so much and you're you're trying to make all these decisions and you're having to look through hundreds of online profiles like a dating website you know so it makes sense that 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 would work and so we go to the agency to go turn in our profile book and I remember before we got out John just kept saying I feel like she's going to tell us about a baby and I was like no um, you know, because again, I'm a rule follower. Yeah. And I was like, no, so she doesn't have, that's not how it works. We turn in our profile book and then, you know, and, uh, and he just says, no, I think, I feel like she's going to tell us about a baby. And so we go in and sure enough, she said, I want to talk to you guys about a baby. And we sat there for over three hours and learned about this baby that was about to be born in two weeks from this birth mom. And then this birth father who you know, we're not going to get into that, but we got out of the meeting and, or the, the appointment and we got to the car and he said, what's your gut reaction? And I, and he goes, one, two, three, go. And I said, no. And that was very, very challenging for us because number one, you don't want to turn a baby away. Right. But like, did we, we felt like, are we turning God's gift away? Like, is this, mm. You know, again, we were second guessing, but, but we followed the Lord's leading in that, because again, that, you know, whatever, whatever understanding you have of your subconscious, I mean, as I get older, um, I think that's the third or fourth time I've said a similar phrase, this podcast, (laughs) but, um, as I grow, I'm learning that little subconscious, that's, that's how the Holy Spirit lives and speaks right. within me so that little leaning you know if you if you've had that of like hey don't probably don't do that or yeah that 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 feels good you should go in that direction like lean into that voice because that's likely the holy spirit if you're a believer and mm-hmm. if you haven't experienced that really tap into that because um he will guide you and he's sort of your companion to lead you through day-to-day moments and so you know i could trust that that was the holy spirit and know in the moment 
this isn't our child. Um, and that's how they phrase it in the adoption world is, is this your child? So mm. it's not, is this child worthy? Is this child valuable? Is this child, that's good. you know, yeah. that's not the, the thing they're asking. They're asking you, you know, has the Lord placed it on your heart that this child is the child that he has for you? And the answer for us was no. But in that moment, mm. you feel like, You've just thrown your one chance. Right. Like you somehow yeah. hit the lottery and got a baby on the first day. Now you said no. And so you're going to be like, rejected for the next rejected. three or four right. years. Yeah. But that the case. No. And then a couple weeks later, um, and of course we're waiting. And during the adoption process, that's the hardest part. When you never, you never know when you're going to get the phone call. But um, I had a dream. And in the dream, I walked into this room. And it was, it will almost remind you of like a jail cell like it was a cinder room. like an interrogation room is the best way to put it and there was a table with metal legs and on top of the table there was a poster board and in sharpie marker it was written inner ear check his left ear and I woke up and I told John I had this dream about this baby with hearing problems and he looked at me and he said not every dream you get is from God <laughs> And I said, don't do that guys at home. Um, <laughs> I, older and wiser, not smart. Don't so, say that. Note to self. <laughs> note to self. Um, and so we get a couple weeks later, it was maybe two weeks after that dream, we get a phone call from Suzanne, the owner of the agency, and she says, sit down for a minute. I want to talk to you guys. She said, a baby's been born. He's completely healthy, um, but he has failed his hearing test. Mm. And so that, for me, was the final confirmation, like, oh, my God, there's our baby, you know? And it just came. That's what she said. I mean, she's because I was on speakerphone with the agency, and she looked over my shoulder and goes, that's our baby. That's wow. our baby. And so it was interesting because I remember, and it's funny, coming full circle that we're in sign language class now, because you literally told me. Mm-hmm we'll learn sign language if we have to like yeah. we were she was saddled up that's like no this is that's our child exactly right and we're going to learn sign language because another wrinkle is before when you're going through the process you have to list things that you're capable of um, um providing for a child such as a child with disability right. or a child with a certain mental um, disability or mm -hmm. um, anything like that and so we had listed none of those things because at the time being very young with limited financial right. resources, we were like, it's going to push us just to maintain, you know, a child that has all their abilities. Mm -hmm. um, so when it came through that this child had hearing problems, immediately again, I'm like hesitant. I'm like, oh, well, this probably isn't our child. And I think that's why she even was hesitant because she put it as, but, you know, failed his hearing test. But immediately she was like, that is our baby. And I was like, yeah. I just felt it. I, yes. I felt the connection and I was like, you're right. Yeah, and that, just getting off the phone, and again, like, John was like, what if he's deaf? And I just, then we will learn sign language. You know? I love that. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. And we're still, and we're learning sign language anyway, because that's, right. I don't know, it's beautiful. It's uh, Yeah, that's another thing. Like, I, I was sitting in church a couple years ago, and I just felt this pull to learn sign language for some reason so like I've done it for a year now and then this is my third semester doing it and John's able to jump in because it's zoom so we can do it on Wednesday nights and then the boys can see us do that awesome. so like again like mm -hmm. we feel very fortunate right now especially in this time with you know the 
everything going on with the virus, like they can see us, you know, doing something together. I think that's important. Yeah. You know, yeah, I feel like one of the things we've seen just over the past few interviews that we've done is, you know, that it's, it's so easy to be like frustrated and sad and um, whatever that might be because of like the current state of our world. Yeah. But, um, so many people have said like, but it's allowed us to do this or this. And so oh, yeah. it's really cool to see, like, even though it is so different um, and creates so many challenges, like there's so much positive that has come from it. Um, so I think that's really cool. So in that, what are some, because we are in this weird time, what are some things for your family that this is either like, you've either started doing or it's strengthened this part of your relationship or spiritual walk, whatever that might be. Um, mm-hmm. Have you seen any, any of that? So Mason and I are very similar. Causes problems. We are very, <laughs> like you can tell by my tone of voice, I don't have the Disney mom voice. Like <laughs> I just don't. I, you know, and he's the same way. And so we ha- we can, I don't want to say butt heads, but we're just both similar yeah we, we do butt heads you know <laughs> we but we love each other so much but during this time I have been able to homeschool him mm-hmm. and so we have really grown a lot closer yeah. uh through this whole process and and navigating what that's you know me trying to be the teacher which you know again like I'm not very good at teaching and so um so that's one thing is definitely we have grown closer as you know a mother and a son you yeah. know that's relationship awesome. and eating in i mean you can't oh go to my gosh so, like we literally cook like we're we i feel cook. like we're like a, a homesteading family from like the <laughs> i don't Amish. know what time do you period, have a garden it's yet? like we do have a garden, oh, man. garden. it has awesome. we grew the, a we watermelon all the wrong things to like <laughs> actually nourish your family with we had like pepper bananas peppers the boys call them pepper pepper bananas bananas. yeah um strawberries and watermelons and yeah something else really random but none of them grew at the same time (laughs) none of them grew at a frequency where you could make a meal of it like we would have one banana pepper and it's like (laughs) we would slice it into like 900 pieces (laughs) everybody eats a sliver um eating at home uh, I think reestablishing the Calvary routine in our home. Mm. So, you know, we still go to church. We still do yeah. small group, mm-hmm. but it's just like, I don't know. It's been helpful to do that and center it around family. Cause when you come here again, you sort of fragment and yeah. the adults go to the adult class and mm-hmm. the kids go to the kid class. We're like, we all do church together. We all listen to the lesson together. We sing together. And it's been mm-hmm. really neat to just establish that as a unit again, um, again, just doing a lot of stuff at home that we traditionally had not done. And as a family of introverts, um, maybe a family of introverts. I mean, you're technically an extrovert, I think, but we like to be at home. I'm an extroverted introvert. It has not been. Like, I'm living my us. best life right now. <laughs> yes, like, me too. And so, I feel like... If if y'all are both introverts, you're the most extroverted introverts. I I've ever I am met. not an introvert, but as I have gotten older and just I'm tired. Yeah. Like I'd rather be at home <laughs> yeah. and watch my housewives. That's just me, you, you know. So. And I've learned to be extroverted through my job. Yeah. But I go. think I think social media makes it seem 
a lot more. Because again, it's just us being goofy at the house. Yeah, exactly. We're not out. That's not exerting to me. I love my family. That's right. I don't want to be at the big party or at the big festival of people. That's such a good point, though, because you like kind of miss people's personalities. That's right. Kind of reinforces the like important to really get to know people and not just watch them online. Yes. Such a good point. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, um, so I think we've talked a lot about the good things or the things that are successful. Have you guys seen, and your kids are young, so this might be kind of hard, but um, leading your families and discipling your family, have you found any, like, struggle points or or challenges um, with trying to do that? with your kids yes 1000 <laughs> percent. that's the word i mean that that could be the this whole podcast um if we're going with our role model example from earlier and we are living out the story i mean again you don't get to pick when they're watching mm. and i can have an attitude or i can get angry or lose my temper or she can or any of us and so it's that you know you you are always the example and right. so you've got to really be on point and I think that's something that we've actually come a long way on is refereeing each other in a very loving way and trying to, because again, it doesn't always come off that way, but I can say more and more like recently, I can recognize when she's trying to help me, mm. when she's trying to bring me down off the ledge for the greater good of the family. Look, <laughs> I know they've just made you mad and yeah. they just broke this thing you told them not to play with, but you know, bring it down to a constructive level Mm. or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Me doing the same to her, like, "Uh, I'll I'll take over for a second. Why don't you go Mm -hmm. take a walk or take a break? We good cop, bad cop too. For sure. For sure. Um, Because it's not easy. It's, uh, again, they're they're boys, so we get a lot of fighting. We get a lot of that natural sibling. When they're at church, somehow they're great. Around other (laughs) people, they report back that they're these respectful kids that say thank you. Where are those children at? (laughs) And at home, you know, we've got a security system in the house, so there's like a little camera in the corner. And I'm like, you know what that is. It's God watching you. You better watch out. Or Santa Claus or Santa whatever Claus. time of We've year it is. Whatever it needs to be. It doesn't. The camera. God it's, is watching you. It's a live feed to whoever needs to be yeah. watching. They're elves. <laughs> jingle Jingle and John Robert are their names. Jingle Jingle yes. and John Robert. Yes. Okay. And, um, and uh we threaten the elves on them too. Um, yeah. So. If y'all think, I know people don't like the, the reprimanding by uh, elves Elf or Santa Claus, show. but we are those parents. I mean, <laughs> no, we utilize for that. for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's tough. I think, it, again, the the personal example. It's so we, funny we what get, they. We get that perfect moniker. I think, again, perfect family. We want to be your family. Yeah. We get these, like, positive comments online all the time. And it's like, so we fun. try to You're show. Fun. Yeah. I mean, she definitely posts more. But, like, Listen, the we have a rule. <laughs> we have a rule in our house that is if it is for comedic value, I'm allowed to post it. Okay. So, so it's fair game at that point. It's fair game. Yeah. I can post whatever I want. I mean, but, you know. But she does. She posts, she tries to post the frustrating things, I think, at times, or the things that don't go But I think it's funny. You know, you have to laugh at, like, what he drew on the wall. He's almost seven. (laughs) He knows better than that. Far old, too old to draw on the wall. But that's pretty funny, because we've been trying to teach him how to deal with his emotions. And he's like, I'm just going to. And he really, really in his heart, thought he was, I mean, when he explains it, I'm like. I get all it, right. dude. Okay. And like, and <laughs> all of our other walls are dirty too because you rub like, spaghetti on Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. So, 
you know, I think it's making sure that our relationship with God, bringing it back to the, to mm-hmm. the Christian podcast, <laughs> if you're on point, and that means taking care of yourself spiritually, physically, mentally, surrounding yourself with good people that can speak into you. Some of my best friends can speak to me in ways that Jessica can't and mm-hmm. bringing me back online and in a place where I need to be to serve my family. That's where you've got to be because that is the quote Bible your children are going to read for many, many years is going to be you, your actions and how you treat people. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, growing up in the church, I've seen it where just a stellar person, church goer will just be a real jerk out in the wild. And you know, it's like, what representation is this to your family or to the community that, you know, that you would want this lifestyle or that you're a Christ follower, like mm. all that you just nullified everything you did in that building by being this way. And so I'm just really cognizant of trying to live in a way that's authentic, um, owning my flaws, owning my anger, owning my perfectionism, owning the things that I don't like or don't like to talk about, but um, that I put online <laughs> that she puts online. For the I put him on blast. It helps. I do. That's my Christian service. Yeah, I make fun of him all the time because he gets like a heat rash on his neck when he gets nervous. And so Mm -hmm. just always making sure he's aware (laughs) that his neck is red is part of my Christian service. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Keep each other humble, I feel like. Oh, yeah, yeah, no no doubt about it. We We do do. that for sure. Mm -hmm. That's great. So you've touched on it a little bit, but just saying like, for you guys, it's important that your spiritual health is where it needs to be. So, and I think that's so important for families too, of like, if parents are expected to disciple their kids, like they've got to be spiritually healthy too. So what are some like, tangible ways that you guys try to do that with each other or separately or, or whatever that might look like? Um, of late, we have not pulled off the, let's hold our hands and read a Bible verse when we wake up in the morning. Okay, well. So, I mean. You know, so fail on that one. I'll, 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 I actually read the Bible a couple of days ago. Okay. Oh, well, that's good. I don't remember what it was about. Uh, a current example for me is Marco Polo. I mean, I've got okay. men's groups yes. on there. And so I can, when I, when I get a moment and I have a spiritual you know, thought or read a Bible verse, I'll usually first thing in the morning, it's coffee and Marco Polo mm. and it's catching and for up. For those that don't know, Marco Polo is a video chat kind of yes. mm-hmm. app. That's right. So it's basically like it makes a video and then it sends it to the other person and then they can get to it when they get to it. It's not this like FaceTime where you need them to be awake at the same moment. I can get up, have the thought, and then if my friend wakes up 30 minutes later, they can have the thought and back and forth, back and forth. And so it's a way to sort of get thoughts out of my head, live life, quote, together, but also at our own pace. Mm -hmm. And then we've got one together where we share, again, um, thoughts, prayer requests, funny moments, um, it, it's just a way to, cause Connect. I'm a morning person. She's not. Mm-hmm. So I'll have my big revelation in the morning and send her, you know, a 20 minute Marco Polo. She'll get to it at lunchtime right. when she's had her coffee awake, she's awake finally. and ready to receive <laughs> that. And it goes a lot better than what I used to do was I would literally go out and read my Bible, work out four mm-hmm. or five o'clock in the morning. And by the time she's like, I gotta remember cracking all her those eyes things. open at five 30, I'm like, babe, listen to what God said this morning. <laughs> And she's not here for it. It didn't go well. <laughs> yeah. So that's a practice. Um, I don't know. I really can't think of too many others except for, again, just our personal walks with like, yeah, 
apps are reading our Bible or podcasts. I think we mix it up as far as the flavor that we're. I just don't do a lot of the things that you would expect of me. Like I'm not the Christian. I'm not the Christian podcast girl. But on the other side, like I've had all of these experiences where it's just like. You know, I feel like very, I'm still so connected, oh, yeah, even though I'm not sitting here reading my Bible like 25 I think that's so important, too, though, because like it's not like a one size fits all. Like it right. doesn't. Yeah. It's not going to look the same for anyone. And so, yeah. It's okay, girl. Don't yeah. be that podcast person. I'm, and it's very authentic, too. It's like. You and can listen to this podcast, though. I, yes, <laughs> I will. I will. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, no, no. She just. That, you know. And that's what she's taught me is that I even played the game for so many years. Like I, I, you know, you think you've got to read this many verses mm-hmm. and then pray and then, you know, get on your knees and this, this thing. And I would do these rituals that almost felt like they were going to somehow get me closer to God that had no fruit basically mm-hmm. in my life. And then when I would find the rhythm that worked for me, the, whether it was hearing a podcast and hearing something um, through like the ransom heart, network has been uh, sort of a big spiritual mentor um john eldridge and those those guys they're really good about talking to me like this i need somebody to talk to me about how they've experienced it in a real way instead of going to the bible but now i've incorporated some of the traditional practices because i've grown a little bit in hearing how other people experience it and what you get when you read the bible what are you looking for am i just reading verses to read verses um and so it's just helped me to be comfortable with being where I am and in that growth I think you expect to be Mm -hmm. in a certain place and you see other people that are Mm -hmm. at a certain level and it feels intimidating right well guys thanks for having us this was so fun um yeah I guess that's next time see you next time